On October 26, 2014, I posted the first episode of Geekery in General up on DriveThroughStuff.com. One year later, I'm still Al, and one year later, he's still Steve. How are you today, Steve? Doing good. Still here and enjoying what I can. Yep, uh, especially, well, you're, well, weather-wise anyway, you're kind of lucky there down in Hawaii, because from what I understand, things are usually pretty, temperature there is usually pretty constant. Yep, usually uh, we're about mid-70s to about mid-80s average, you know, depending on the seasons, you know, more summer months, uh, we get a little bit higher. Winter months, the evenings get a little bit colder. Yes, I still... If you remember that first uh, winter phone call I got. So, yes, let's tell everyone about that one call you gave back home in the middle of the winter. What year was it? Was it 95 or 96? 95, my first winter here in uh, Hawaii. (laughs) Thing was, I got, you know, came to Hawaii in March of 95. So, you know been here for all the summer months got used to the heat and then when the winter months came the evenings got kind of chilly so tell me steve how cold did it get that one uh day that you called your mother i didn't call my mother i was calling you remember i thought that's what started this whole thing okay i thought you called your mother but i remember that you called and you said you were cold because it got down to what, like 50? 65. Ah, and granted, this was in, I believe, February, when we were having one of the coldest Februaries on record, and that particular day he called, it was 20 below freaking zero up here. <laughs> so, yes, that's when, of course, uh, you earned your nickname Candy Ass Hawaiian, because, you know, of course, up here in Wisconsin, 65 is great weather, but... Apparently down there, when it's 65, do people start walking around with uh, pants and jeans and sweaters? Pretty much. Or jackets. Anyways, uh, on to... Don't worry. Eventually, I got back. (laughs) Yep. So, on to today's topic. Uh, Before we begin, just a couple quick announcements. First, I am going to be quite busy over the next couple months. So, my next few episodes after this one are probably going to be my shorter episodes, either my... 8-bit or 16-bit flashbacks, or my Bargain Bin Adventure episodes. The other quick announcement is drive Through Stuff is going to be having its Halloween sale from, I think, now until the end of the month, but a lot of publishers there are going to be putting their horror-themed products on sale. So if there's a specific horror RPG that you're interested in, you know, or maybe you saw a supplement you might want to check out. I'd say go to that publisher's webpage there and see if uh, the product you're looking for is on sale. Well, today's topic is going to be a little different than most of our topics because we're not really going to be talking about games like RPGs or video games or TV or movie shows. But today we're going to be geeking out about Halloween. Now, I don't know about you, but this has always been one of my favorite times of the year. What about you? Yeah, I say it was usually a fun time because it was mainly between your birthday and mine. Yep, that's right, because we're born a little less than a month apart. 
And I know October's always had fond memories for me because it's it's a busy month. I mean, my birthday, now with my son, my son's birthday's in October, my wedding anniversary's in October, Halloween. So yeah, uh, October's always been a busy month. And one of the other reasons that October's always held fond memories for me. Do you remember when we were in Boy Scouts, there used to be the Devil's Lake hike we would go on? Yep. Yeah, because the Devil's Lake State Park is a beautiful park here in Wisconsin. If you ever are in the southwestern part of the state, I highly recommend stopping by if you have the chance. But they always had the a hike there. I believe the group that put it on was called Badger Trails, where there were Boy Scout groups, Girl Scout groups, and church groups, all sorts of youth groups there to go on this hike. And I believe for Boy Scouts, wasn't it like hiking merit badge or orienteering merit badge we were usually working on? I think it was more the hiking, because orientation, you know, there's not much orientating. You follow this trail. <laughs> well, I think the, isn't there something, because I I remember there was one uh, year that, well, it wasn't at Devil's Lake, but I remember we, our old scout troop, took a hike around the city of New Berlin, and I remember we had compasses where we were taking measurements and stuff. I, It's been a while. I don't remember if they we did anything like that there. but And, of course, the Saturday night, there was a dance that they put on, which, of course, that's where all these Boy Scouts decide that they're going to try to be hot stuff and, you know, Rico Suave and try to hook up with a Girl Scout or something. Remember those dances, Steve? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I know they usually had the outside dance, which was more aimed for the younger kids, and then there was an inside dance at the rec hall where that's usually where the older scouts would go. But yeah, The more mature. Yeah. <laughs> I know the thing about that particular weekend, it was always, what, like the first weekend in October, I think? Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah, it was either the first or second, give or take, depending on uh, what was going on. Because I don't know how... I don't remember how many years you remember, but it was always kind of weird because, well, October can be kind of unusual in Wisconsin with the weather. Because now, Steve, you remember the old saying we have about the weather in Wisconsin, right? Oh, yeah. Don't like the weather? Wait 10 minutes. It'll change. But, yeah, for the Devil's Lake hike, I remember there were some years where it was just really beautiful weather, and then there were other years where it was crap. Yeah, and hiking on dirt trails wasn't too fun. Yeah, because I know sometimes it was rainy, and then there were other years where it wasn't necessarily rainy, but it was just really cold. And then there were some years where the temperature was like 60 degrees, and it was just beautiful hiking weather. Yeah. Now, that actually reminds me, Steve. Uh, do you really miss having seasonal variation? Because, you know, again, as you said before, the whole temperature in Hawaii... The seasons are usually pretty uh, consistent throughout the year. Where, of course, in Wisconsin, we can have days during the summer where it gets up to 100 degrees, and then we can have days in the uh, winter where, with wind chill, it can get to about negative 20, negative 30 degrees. Do you ever miss that variation? Well, at times, yeah, I would have to say I, I miss it. You know, after growing up 19 years in Wisconsin. But the one thing, at least, that I've noticed here in Hawaii, because since we're so close to the equator, 
some of our trees here are on the reverse cycle. So when spring comes, some of those trees are acting like it's fall. Hmm. Yeah, because I said I, I didn't know that the trees would change color down there. I always thought that since the temperature was usually you know pretty consistent that they would stay the same, but eh, oh well. But uh, it's only certain trees, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you can't have oak tree here, and yeah, after a while, <laughs> it will lose its uh, stuff, so new stuff can grow in. Mm-hmm. But if, if there is one thing I do like about living in Wisconsin, it's always autumn, because usually the weather's fairly mild, and of course we have the beautiful colors. Of course, the other thing that does kind of stink about that is when it starts to get near late October, early November... Usually by then, most of the leaves have fallen, so it's time to rake up and burn the leaves. And maybe I'm crazy for saying this, and I'm sure there's some people that would agree with me. For some reason, the smell of burning leaves just really says autumn to me. There's something about that smell that just brings back memories, you know? Yeah, because I would have to say, because there's hardly any burning leaves done over here. You know, when I go home to visit and I pick up that scent, you know, it feels like I'm home again. Yeah. And of course, before you, you know, burnt the leaves, you had to rake them up. And that's one thing that I always liked leaf piles better when I was a kid than when I am an adult, you know? <laughs> yeah, because uh, we weren't really responsible about making sure it got done. Yes, that's true. I'm sure there have been times when both of us when, you know, the parents would, you know, rake up a nice big leaf pile and then we'd come out, cowabunga, jump into the leaf pile and watch the veins in our parents' forehead pop out as they start getting angry about, I just raked those up, you little son of a... Well, I, I think my dad got it smart. He goes, if you want to play in the leaves, you're raking them your own self. <laughs> yeah, and, and nowadays I really don't do the whole raking in a pile. I just kind of run over with the lawnmower a few times and mulch it into little particles and... That usually does it for me. Yeah, you got to enjoy the the mulcher because we really didn't have that when we were kids. Yep. Then again, I I know we had a few evergreens on our property when I was a kid. So we didn't, you know, we didn't get as many leaves that I had to rake. But even then, I don't think we really raked the leaves up. I think even then I still just ran over it with the lawnmower. So yeah, your, your house had a smaller yard than mine. Yeah. Plus, I had a lot more trees in my yard. That is true. That is true. But on today's topic, and that is we're going to be geeking out about Halloween. Because, as I said, there's always just something about this time of year. Whether it's the you know, the temperature, where it's starting to get a little mild. But Halloween has always brought back very fond memories for me. It's always been a very fun time. So, let's go back to the early 80s when we were kids celebrating Halloween. Now, looking back then and looking at today, are there any things that you see that have really changed about Halloween? For the most part, eh, other than, you know, there's more stuff that we can get that, you know, that's been produced for Halloween, like those automatic little motion sensor things. Oh, yeah. Back then, it usually had to be a guy dressed in the costume having to sit perfectly still until an unsuspecting little kid came up and you scared the crap out of them. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, and actually one thing I do notice is that there's a lot greater variety in costumes nowadays. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, 
sometimes I would try to make costumes out of whatever I had. Uh, like I remember there was one year, I think it was kindergarten, I made a turtle costume. Basically just put on a green turtleneck and then I took a couple pieces of cardboard and, you know, colored the back one green and did like the turtle shell pattern on the other. And, you know, just put like a string or something between it and put that over my head and, hey, I'm a turtle. And then I remember there was one year where I made a homemade costume of Link from uh, Legend of Zelda. Any costumes that you remember off the top of your head? Well, the earliest costume that I, I can remember wearing was a Spider-Man costume. Where I had, you know, like the, the shirt was like the old, you know, the blue and red Spider-Man. Had the pants similar to that. And then it was like the lo lovely little plastic face mask that I would put over my face that looked like the uh, Spider-Man mask. Yeah, I remember those plastic masks. I mean, I'm I'm sure they're still around. I haven't looked at Halloween costumes recently. But, and I remember they had like, you know, the plastic shirts where it was almost like a smock more than a shirt. Do you remember those? Yep. Where it's like, you know, you'd, you'd slip it on kind of like you're putting on a button-down shirt backwards and you usually have to tie the thing on in the back. And I remember some of them, they really weren't designed to be a specific costume it was more like, let's say you're going to be going as like Optimus Prime. You know, it might have, the mask might look like Optimus Prime, but on the back, or I'm sorry, the actual shirt itself might just be like a picture of Optimus Prime firing his gun or doing some other action pose. But nowadays it's like, you know, you look at some of the costumes you see in the stores, they've gotten a bit more elaborate and I mean, I'm not sure how much they cost in relation to the ones we had when we were kids, but I think they've gotten a bit more expensive, too. Uh, I think that's also contributed to inflation there. Yeah, that's why I said, I mean, I'm not sure how much they cost now in relation to what they were back then. If, like, it's essentially the same amount based on the value of a dollar, but anyways, that's beside the point. But, of course, the reason we put on the costumes was for trick-or-treating. Now, yep. what's it like down there? I mean, is it kind of weird to see, like, jack-o'-lanterns and palm trees right next to each other? For that aspect, no, not really. Because the, the feeling of Halloween, it, yeah, at certain areas, they do a little bit more Polynesian, you know, a little centric type of scare tactics. <laughs> but overall, not, not much difference that I can see between, uh, you know here in Hawaii and there in Wisconsin. Actually, there is going to be one significant difference between Halloween down there and Halloween up here. In Wisconsin, we always have to be prepared to put on a Halloween costume over a snowsuit. You probably don't have that problem down there, do you? <laughs> oh, they, they can go out in nothing like a bikini and have fun. Yeah, so the, but for the most part, it's like the, do you see like the kids generally dress up in the same types of costumes we did, like you know, superheroes or firefighters or things like that? Yeah, pretty much of the few kids' costumes I see. It's basically, you know, whatever kids' series is popular at the time, you see a lot of that. Well, I have to say there is one thing about Halloween that is different up here in Appleton than it was down in New Berlin when we were kids. Because I remember when we were kids, Halloween was usually or trick-or-treating, rather, was usually the Sunday closest to Halloween, regardless yeah, of whether... Last Sunday before Halloween. 
Yeah, and it was always in the afternoon, but up here, they always do trick-or-treating on Halloween, no matter what day it is, and they always do it at night. Which, have you ever done trick-or-treating at night, or for you has it always been just an afternoon thing? Yeah, trick-or-treating, from what I can remember from my first few years here in Hawaii, trick-or-treating wasn't really allowed on base. So when I was living in the barracks, I didn't have to deal with any trick-or-treaters. When I moved out in town, I moved into an apartment building, and the apartment complex said there will be no trick-or-treaters, you know, going to room to room in the complex. If the trick-or-treaters wanted candy, they had to go to the uh, site manager's office to get their candy. You know, and there's some areas where I believe they do something called trunk-or-treating, where it's a bit different because what they'll do is they'll have people out in parking lots, you know, at their cars, and then they'll just hang out by the back trunk of their car and they'll have a bucket of candy there. Yeah, I'm not sure where that originated from. I've never seen it, but it's something I've heard that they do in some places. Yeah, that would be a little bit iffy. (laughs) You know, first I'm hearing that and you're like, here, little kid, have some candy. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of which, and we talked about this a little bit on my episode on urban legends and creepypasta. Do you remember when we were kids taking our candy to, like, the local hospital to get uh, x-rayed? Yeah, I remember uh, dealing with that, but most times it was, here, Mom and Dad, look at my candy so I can eat it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, anything ripped or torn? No. Does anything look like it has puncture marks? No. Okay, we're good. And, yeah. again, for those who have been listening to my show for a while, you may remember, I don't remember which exactly which episode it was. It was somewhere in the teens, I believe. But my friend Casey and I did an episode on uh, urban legends and creepy pasta. And, I mean, a lot of the urban legends that I remember hearing early on were all based on Halloween, including that one where poison in the candy or the someone putting like razor blades or needles in apple or candy bars. Did, did you ever hear those legends or do you have, remember any other urban legends from Halloween? Yeah, I remember hearing them. That's basically what started, you know, us kids having to go, here, my, here's our candy. Please look at it. It was because the scare of one Halloween somewhere, you know, parents found razor blades in their kids' candy. As I recall, Casey said that the whole thing with the, you know, needle and the candy or whatnot, it only really happened once. And it was, I've heard mixed stories, but I thought I heard that it was uh, someone who wanted to, you know, get insurance money. So they tried, you know, doing the poison or the needle or something in the candy. And that would, you know, allow them to hurt the child so they could collect insurance off of that. So like I said, it wasn't this whole widespread thing. And did you ever hear the story of the haunted house that was so scary, supposedly no one could finish it? From uh, what I heard here in Hawaii, I can't remember if it was the news or, you know, something that happened here in Hawaii. I heard that, you know, certain a certain haunted house, you know, a guy was going through, got scared so bad he had a heart attack. So was that just a legend, urban legend you heard, or was that actually a verified news report? I think it was a verified news report. But like I said, that was years ago, and I can't fully uh, remember exactly where and when it happened. It's just something that's like, all right, go through. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, because the I think the first time I remember hearing that the legend of the house that was so scary no one could finish it, it was around like sixth or seventh grade. And if you go to Snopes.com, they do have a section about Halloween and they do mention that story in there. And again, there's different variations. Like the one that I heard is that there were five floors and it cost $50 to get in. And for every floor you managed to get through, you would get $10 back. Other versions, you only got your money refunded if you made it to the very end. There was also another version of the story that said the reason that no one ever finished it is because they made you sign a waiver before you entered and the safe path to get through to the end was so dangerous it was not worth taking the risk. It's one of those fun little stories that you hear every now and then. I was just curious if they happen to have had a version of that down in Hawaii. I'm sure that they do, or at least on some sort of Polynesian island over here. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, no, not really. I haven't heard of anything that scary. So speaking of haunted houses, were you ever really into going to haunted houses very much, or is that something that you just never really felt the need to do? I think it was more along the lines of, I just never really felt a need to do. Same here. It's like, I remember once when we went on a hayride for Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts, there was a haunted house and we went through there. And I remember with a church group once when I was, I think, middle school, going to a haunted house that they put up at the Milwaukee County Zoo. But yeah, I never really got into the haunted houses uh, myself. I mean, I know my wife. The only haunted house I can remember I went to was when I was young and it was hosted by the Y, you know, the YM or YW. I think I remember. Y buildings. Yeah, I think I remember that one too. It was like, yeah, yeah, in some basement or something. And of course, when we were really young at the time. So of course then, yeah, it's going to creep the heck out of us. Yep. And when my wife lived in Chicago, I know that she uh, worked at a haunted house for a little bit where I think it was an animal shelter that she either worked at or volunteered at. They put on this like haunted trail, haunted house, where, of course, all the money raised would go to help the animal shelter. Well, speak of the devil, and she will appear. uh, I'm not the devil. (laughs) You're right. You're not the devil. You're my wife. (laughs) And The devil just went away. (laughs) So, Roz, uh, we were just talking about haunted houses, and I know that when you were younger, you used to, was it work? Did you get paid for it, or was it volunteer? It was volunteer. It was for the park district and also for a high school. I worked um, approximately two years at a haunted house. Um, it's it's a different type of thing. It's You get a certain personality crowd when you do a haunted house. I was mainly in charge of artwork and um, creative like displays inside. I did a little bit of acting. Um, I found it difficult to work in the haunted house unless it was in an outdoor area or a larger room. I do suffer from claustrophobia. Wasn't there one you did for like an animal shelter or am I mistaken on that? Well, it's through the park district and that was friends who worked at the animal shelter was the people who got me into it, but it was for the park district and helping out with that. It was to help raise funds for the different um, programs that the rec provided 
and they provided us with the facility. We also, I've done an outdoor one. I've, I've done as far as an indoor one, you know, where they, it's just one of those that they rent, you know, an empty store that's now defunct and go in and build the mazes and everything that you walk through. So what all goes into planning that? I mean, you, you mentioned you did some acting in it. What were some of the things you did when you were acting at the haunted house? You learn how to unnerve someone. You just learn how to scream. You learn how to just kind of get close, but, you know, and, and enter that, you know, everyone has a bubble, you know, it's like, but once you start getting into their bubble, it kind of gets people unnerved. And so you learn how to go into that bubble safely, you know, and unnerve people. And as well as, you know, just learning how to make different sound, make different vocals that are going to irritate the person and, you know, cause them to have a little bit of anxiety and get a little scared. Now, did you have a lot of control or did they just like have you do like one area of the haunted house or how does it, I mean, what all goes in, well, what's the inside baseball? What is it like the whole behind the scenes of putting on a haunted house? Well, you have to have the actors to do it. You also have to have the people to build it and be able to man it at all times. You know, if you don't have certain rooms working, you know, it, it, it it's, it's boring. It's just the actors make it come alive. The scenery can only do so much. Um, for example, there was a room that we created using um, splatter paint. And what was fun about the splatter paint is we had it all on the walls, all in neon. It was black lit. And then we had this creature that we made out of, you know, just strips of fabric. And it looked like, you know, cousin it, imagine. And it would you know, the person was in it would basically just kind of twirl and that would take your eye and you'd follow this creature because it's very, you know, it's white in a, you know, black light room. So it's going to glow. Meanwhile, you're not noticing that you have these people dressed in black suits, you know, all covered in black, you know, to go against the wall and they start coming from the wall. So it's, you know, a little unnerving with that effect. Of course, then you use some patterns, like, for example, checkerboard is never a fun fabric, uh, is never a fun thing to go through as far as for the audience when you're doing a haunted house. It's kind of unnerving because it just messes with your eyes. You learn visual cues and clues. Again, ours was very low budget, you know, so we had to rely on people who, you know, knew how to run the chainsaw without a chain, you know, just kind of get up on you and go, Rah! you know, have the blood, just look insane, just act psychotic, and it works. And wasn't there like a, a year where you were playing like a pirate girl trapped in a cage and there was some gorilla or monster after you? Yeah, that, that I did. There's was that always... your idea or someone else's idea for that part? That was um, their idea. Basically, sometimes, you know, you have somebody who looks, you know, good or someone that you don't expect, you know, you're out there and you're like, well, what is this act? And you 
it draws the focus so then something can pop out like a pop scare. You know, like several of these videos now you see on the internet. What is it? Oh, you're watching the puppy wondering what's going to happen to it. And bah, it pops out at you, you know. <laughs> so it's those pop scares that really work. Yeah, it was one of my favorite jump scare videos I've seen on YouTube where it's got like this peaceful scene of a car driving down a, a peaceful country road and it tells you to look for a ghost by the car. Then all of a sudden a big like ghoulish face just kind of pops out of nowhere with a, ah, yeah, that, that gets you the first time. So any other memories you'd like to share from working in a haunted house? I've been to a haunted house convention. They have one in Chicago where they go over all the different props and stuff. And it's just incredible. They use a lot of visual effects, like um, just being able to get the automatronics, a lot more of the um, visual. The big one that I got to see was that whole tube and now how it's advanced where you walk down through as far as a like gangway or a walkway and then you have this tube that goes around and it's moving and it's creating as far as just that visual distortion where people get uneasy you're you're very steady it's just because it messes with your eyes so i think the technology has gotten you know really good with some of that but you know there's still you hear a chainsaw behind you i don't care if it has out. a well, I don't care if it has a chain or not. It's definitely going to scare you. Um, in addition, you know, just because there's been so many, like, horrible things, you know, it, it scares. So look at this new show, Elevator, that they have. You know, if that's all, you know, no one's going to get hurt. It's all, you know, haunted house type stuff. It's... People like the adrenaline rush. They like to be scared, you know. I will tell you the one thing with, as far as haunted houses, they are made to be claustrophobic. It's made to feel like you're closed in on. That is purposely done to increase as far as your, you know, fear factor. It's to make it seem like, oh, you know, what's coming up around the corner? It's, they are built to raise your son you know to give you that you know you can't see you don't know what the hell's going on it's so, all done in the design so when you were younger because we were talking about this before there's the urban legend that somewhere there's a haunted house that's so scary supposedly no one has finished it did you ever hear that story growing up in uh, the chicago area or is that not something you were no, they exposed all to have, everybody has a story and stuff about this place you know having you know this this incredible scare you know they all try to outdo each other you know it's it's an urban myth as far as you know no one has ever really finished it of course they've finished it you know well i was just wondering if that you heard ever heard that story when you were a kid yeah i've also heard about the one that'll pay you money if you can finish it and the one that has so many stories and then if you don't make it you slide down i've heard all of those goofy ones and stuff so well thanks for uh stopping by and talking a little bit about the your experience working in a haunted house so again there's a little bit of inside baseball behind the scenes working at a haunted house oh it, trust me there's lots more now the latest thing is in the haunted house industry 
it's now these like dead weekends where you basically get to be like a survivalist as far as dealing with zombie apocalypse. That's that sounds freaking awesome. Well, you can also do zombie runs. That's another big thing where you actually can do like a 5K. Can you make it through or will you be turned into a zombie? Do they have anything like that down there, Steve? I'm sure there's a few areas that deal with that. But otherwise, you know, it's all normal stuff. Normal stuff. Okay, both. <laughs> well, it's... you have something more terrifying than zombies down there. I mean, in Hawaii, don't they have those, like, Night Runner guys? Uh, yeah, but pretty much yeah, I haven't been out and about during all that. I know we got haunted ships because, you know, since we got a Navy port here and a lot of uh, boats are in mothball, in the mothball fleet, they just convert one of them into a haunted ship tour. Oh, that's kind of cool. We've been on a haunted sub tour. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. The one in Manitowoc. It's haunted. <laughs> yeah, there's a... I've done the haunted the haunted tour of it. The guy who was killed on it um, is said to haunt the ship. There was only one person that was ever killed on that sub. And I know that's another thing that you have more experience with these than I do, but I know that's another fun thing you can do around Halloween is some places have the whole haunted walk. Where, you know, they go and they tell you, okay, here's a ghost story from this house. And here's a ghost story from, you know, this place. Yeah, due to uh, Pearl Harbor Day, you know, you got all the uh, horror stories because of all the uh, ships that got sunk during the Japanese attack. But they take, when you said that they have ships that are mothballed. Are they military ships or just like regular? Yes, yeah, some of them are military ships. Actually, most of the ones I see in the fleet are old uh, military ships. So the, does the military sponsor something like that where they do like a haunted boat? Uh, I think so because, you know, they are going on, you know, military property. Yeah, that's true. Basically, <laughs> it's like renting a storefront. You know, there's how many storefronts that have these halloween stores and you know it's like a defunct kmart you know this store didn't make it they gotta you do something with the space so why not allow the general public to go ahead you know where's see another haunted place that's interesting to go, to go through a haunted house would be in philadelphia they actually have the prison there that you can go through is a haunted house they convert that into a haunted house for the public, there's a, some people have built their own structures. Um, they have like the haunted fox out here, where they go and use some of the railroad facility. Um, there's yeah, a, there used to be another one that you had their own house. What's even more fun is when you have a haunted house that's literally a haunted house. There's been locations where they've gone ahead and done haunted houses, built the structure and come to find out hey it actually is haunted <laughs> but you'll hear like just different things that happen nothing as scary as what happens with the actors and yeah. stuff so steve this is one thing you might appreciate uh with you being a cook several years ago when i was in boy scouts uh there was a creepery because at the 
well, at the local Boy Scout camp, Camp Long Lake, they have uh, sometimes a fall campery and a spring campery. Well, when they have one at fall around Halloween, they call it the creepery. And I remember my Explorer post, we were the judges of this uh, contest they had where you had to make the scariest or grossest looking dish and still have it be edible. The one that got my vote for winning, it was called Kitty Cat Surprise. Basically, they took a kitty box, lined it with foil, and they put some mixture of like granola and Tootsie Rolls and stuff in there. So it looked like a kitty box with, uh, you know, cat crap in it. So I that's... That's that, an appetizer. <laughs> I think it was a dessert, but, you know... It, it's an hors d'oeuvre. But, yeah, there's uh, that's another fun thing that you can do sometimes around Halloween is... And I don't know if you ever did this, try to make like a dish that's like really creepy or gross looking, but still edible. Oh, heck. You see it in uh, cooking shows, you know. You know, yes. all this food from all around the other world where for them it's normal cuisine. But for us, we'd be going, what the heck are you eating? Yeah. Oh, come on. You go ahead. You take the breadsticks. You bake them up. You put a little bit of a shell from a pistachio if they're thin enough. They look like fingers. <laughs> yep. But, yeah, that was one fond memory from that particular camporee. Just looking at some of the dishes that these scouts made where, and like I said, some of them were really gross looking. Well, I'd like to thank my wife there for uh, joining us for a few moments. And we had to take a little break there for a second. So, you were mentioning, though, that there's something else you can do with food around Halloween other than, you know, other than trying to make something that's edible but looks either really gross or really scary. What was that, Steve? Well, I can't remember the full details because it happened when I was a little peon munchkin type size. But, you know, it was a story. We all sat in a circle. You know, we're all blindfolded. They were telling us the story. And the only part I can remember right now is, is like, here's this person's eyeballs and it's like peeled grapes and we're like feeling them. Yeah. And it's like the, I think the spaghetti was her hair. What else do they have? Like sausages or something for the intestines. I know what game you're thinking of. I just can't remember the, the story All that the goes behind it. it. What was that? Yeah. Yeah, it's been so long, we we can't even remember. Yeah. Well, I know Dang we got CRS disease. Well, I know we got a little sidetracked, but I remember we were talking about uh, trick-or-treating where, you know, we always did it during the day, whereas, you know, up here anyway, you know, it's now gone to where they'll always do it in the evening. Did you ever go trick-or-treating at night, or for you, was it always just during the day? Well, when I was a trick-or-treater, it was, you know, back home. So it was the Sunday before Halloween, so the afternoon. But here in uh, Hawaii, I've been seeing a lot of the nighttime trick-or-treating on Halloween. Yeah, and I don't get that because I'd rather do it during the day because, okay, I guess you do it at night, it's a little scarier. But I'd rather do it during the day because then you can see everyone's costumes and you can get a little bit better view of, you know, whatever decorations that they put yeah. up. Now, do the people in your area do a lot of uh, Halloween decorating or not? Yeah, there's some areas that got nice Halloween decorating. Now, of course, some are like, why do they come up with this? 
I've seen a guy, I've seen a place where on the door to the restroom, there's this, you know, plastic sheet of a zombie sitting on the toilet doing his business. <laughs> Gross and scary. Another thing we have to look forward to around this time of year, in addition to getting your costume ready and Halloween parties and trick-or-treating, one of the things that I always remembered as a kid were the Halloween specials. What are some of the favorite ones that you remember from being a kid? Well, you definitely had the Peanuts one. Oh, yeah. My son loves that one. He always looks forward to uh, watching that every year. Gotta have the Great Pumpkin. Yep. <laughs> I think Garfield had one. Yeah, the Garfield one, that was kind of dark from what I can remember it. Because wasn't it like near the end they had the like Ghost of the Skeleton Pirates going after them? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I know. It's been a while since I've seen that one. I'm trying to think of some of the other Halloween ones, because those are the two that I always looked forward to, the the Peanuts Halloween special, and, you know, the, it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, the Garfield one, and of course, usually a lot of times, you know, your regular cartoons and kids shows you'd watch would usually have their Halloween specials as well. Yeah. Oh, this is driving me nuts. Like I said, I know there's others that I've seen as a kid, I just can't remember them. <laughs> Dang, that CRS uh, disease. C oh, yes, CRS. Can't remember scuff. <laughs> Can't remember scat. Well, we're old, you know. It's it, it's different. Oh, I don't mean, forget, you're over the hill now. I'm yeah, still at the peak. Yes, that's true. You haven't quite gotten to the over the hill point yet, whereas <laughs> I turned 40 not too long ago. But Yeah, you're already rolling down the hill. I'm yep. going... Well, there he goes. Uh, I better watch out for that rock. He hit Actually, that one pretty good. I prefer not to think of myself as being 40. I prefer to think of myself as 18 with 22 years of experience. I prefer 21 with 19 years experience. <laughs> yeah, are there, I would of, like to drink, thank you very much. Yeah, a friend of mine posted something on Facebook. It's like, instead of calling it getting older, they should just call it leveling up. Because being able to tell someone that you're level 80 sounds awesome. Telling someone you're 80 years old just makes you sound old. <laughs> yep. In a way, though, I'd have to say how Halloween can be fun as an adult. It was still a lot more fun being a kid around this time of year. Because I really haven't had a chance to do a lot of dress-up in costumes. Have you ever done any much costuming or, you know, being an adult now? Well... Not really, but I do have two Halloween costumes that I can get into if I really wanted to. But I would have to say the last time I actually went trick-or-treating in costume was, you know, with one of my old shipmates. He had his kid and uh, decided, you know, all of us got together. We decided to go out as a little theme. Okay. And the theme was... Peter Pan. You know, my friend went as Peter. His wife went as Wendy. His daughter was Tinkerbell. And the rest of us was dressed as the Lost Boys. <laughs> yeah. That was a little thing, you know, we all went as a little group, you know, to help support his daughter. You know, when she went to all houses, we all were just hovering around. But that's pretty much really the last time I really went trick-or-treating. In costume, even though I do have another Halloween costume, I 
I have, but never really did much wearing it. And that's my Zorro costume. Oh, cool. Is that Was it homemade, or is it something you bought at a store? It was something I bought in a store. Yeah, because the... Well, the last time I ever got a costume, and it was really cheesy, uh, The I was going to a friend's Halloween party, and what I did is I got a box of cereal that was you know empty, of course, and I stuck a bunch of plastic knives into them and you know painted it red where it was going through because I was going as a serial killer. <laughs> Are those crickets that I hear in the background? Chirp, 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 <laughs> chirp. But yeah, I remember that post in Facebook that you did. <laughs> I'm a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. I killed a box of I think it was frosted mini wheats. But anyways. Oh, there was one interesting Halloween thing they did up here. There is a mall downtown. And, I mean, it's not like a huge mall like, you know, Fox River Mall or Mall of America. But uh, they have a Halloween celebration there where you can go to the different stores and get candy. And, of course, they have little games for the kids. We took my son there a couple of years, and he enjoyed that. Unfortunately, he's getting to the point where he's starting to – he thinks he's a little too old for some of those events. But he's only 10. He – he still does enjoy going trick-or-treating, though. I expect. It's free candy. Yeah. So are there any special Halloween memories you have, or if you had to take all your Halloween memories, is there one that would be really stand out for you? And not really anymore. At this point in age, because like I said, living in an apartment building, I don't deal with trick-or-treaters. You know, so most of my Halloween experience, last time... I really did anything fun for Halloween, like I said, was when I went as a lost boy, helping a friend enjoy her Halloween experience. Hmm. Yeah, because for me, I'd have to say one of my favorite Halloween memories is probably the, I mentioned that, uh, the, that camping trip where, you know, of course, we were dressing up as well. And, you know, we did the judging because for the again the dishes were supposed to be something that was edible but looked either really scary or gross and as i said there were some kids that did some really good jobs and really was was creative with those but i know for me it's just hard to pin down specifics because as i've said there's just a lot of things i like about this time of year you know the the weather i like the the foliage on the trees changing color you know the decorations there's one thing that I have done in the past, but I haven't really done as much anymore. You know how they have those Christmas villages? Yeah. Well, I have a Halloween village. I haven't put it up this year just because I've been busy, but it's always kind of fun going to the local stores, like the craft stores and the department stores, and see if they have any new uh, Halloween village accessories out. Though, I tend to go more for the cutesy ones as opposed to the scary-looking ones. Like the zombie sitting on a toilet. Yeah, that one I would never go for, but... Well, I think... It's a cartoon zombie. That That's okay, but still, do you really want to think about a, a zombie sitting on a toilet taking a dump? Yeah, I know. I saw that one, I'm like... I understand what the point is, but it's just wrong. Yeah. I think we're going to draw this episode to a close. Uh, any last thoughts, Steve? No, can't think of uh, anything other than Happy Halloween, everyone. Yes. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we are just kind of getting rambly and just going over some Halloween memories, but you know this should always be a fun time of the year. Well, anyways, 
If you have ideas for subjects you'd like to see us tackle in a future episode, please feel free to leave a comment on the Point of Insanity Game Studio Facebook page, or you can go to poigamestudio.com and you can uh, use the contact me form there. So thanks again for listening. Have a good evening or morning or afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. And as Steve said, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.